If you're looking for proven ways to take your fundraising results to the next level, you're in the right place. Welcome to the Intentional Fundraiser Podcast, hosted by Tammy Zonker. Tammy has trained and led thousands of nonprofit organizations to collectively raise more than a half billion dollars and is also recognized as one of America's top 20 fundraising experts. This is the podcast where Tammy equips and empowers amazing fundraising pros like you to transform your fundraising so you can transform the world. And now, let's hear from Tammy. We'll start the show in a moment after a word from a few amazing fundraisers about what they value most as members of Tammy Zonker's Fundraising Transformers community. I have had the honor of learning and growing from Tammy. She has really helped us understand how to communicate better with our donors, how to make sure that our mission is at the front line of their decision making. And she has just been an absolute joy to learn from. That's Stevie Shoemate from Chapters Health Foundation in Tampa, talking about how being a growth member is helping her communicate better with her donors. When you join Tammy's Fundraising Transformers community as a growth member, you get live training and coaching with Tammy twice each month. You can get your burning questions answered during her live Ask Me Anything sessions. You get to join in Tammy's live weekly hot topic discussions. You can engage with other fundraising pros like you and her private and safe online community. And you get 24-7 access to her growing library of on-demand fundraising training videos and tools. Here's Jenna Sapluski from the Coalition for Children, Youth, and Families in Milwaukee talking about how being a growth member in Tammy's Fundraising Transformers community is helping her grow her capacity, her skills, and her confidence as a fundraiser. It's been so helpful for me to grow my capacity and my skills. I feel more confident uh, knowing that I have Tammy and the Fundraising Transformers group for support. I've reached out to Tammy and the group on several occasions, whether it be just some wording for an email to say, hey, can somebody give me just a little bit of feedback on this? I'd love your thoughts before I send this out for an initiative. We'll hear more later in the show about why Jenna values having access to Tammy's members-only, on-demand training library. To learn more about the Fundraising Transformers community, visit fundraisingtransformed.com forward slash growth. Here we are at the beginning of December. How crazy is that? This year is flying by. We just celebrated Thanksgiving here in the U.S. just a couple of weeks ago. And you likely have been giving thanks for the, for the joy and, and the blessings in your life through your own traditions. Maybe you've gathered with family and friends in person or maybe via Zoom. You've likely eaten way more food than you intended. I confess I have. And while the American Thanksgiving was some version of its Norman Rockwell-esque turkey dinner may be how you celebrate the holiday, people all around the world gather to give thanks each autumn. Some nations like us here in North America even declare it an official holiday. Traditions and histories may differ from country to country, but gratitude and celebration of that gratitude are universal values. At your nonprofit organization, 
you may also have your own traditions and practices for celebrating thankfulness and gratitude for your donors. You've hopefully held or are planning to hold a thankathon, or maybe you're systematically calling and thanking your most generous and your most loyal longtime supporters. You've reminded them that they are not just giving money, but they are truly changing lives. You've conveyed how grateful you really are for them, strategically using some of Dr. Jen Shang's identity-based nine moral adjectives. You remember them. Kind, caring, compassionate, helpful, friendly, fair, hardworking, generous, and honest. Of course, Jen is co-founder of the Institute for Sustainable Philanthropy and the world's only philanthropic psychologist. She purports that using these nine moral adjectives as we thank our donors deeply connects with the donor's identity of self, how they want to show up in the world, how they create congruence with who they say they are and the actions they take in alignment with that identity. In our case, Giving is the action congruent with being kind, caring, generous, compassionate, and so on. Perhaps some of your board members or development committee members joined in the gratitude fun by also making thank you calls. Whether you talked with supporters live on the phone or left a warm, sincere voicemail or even sent a handwritten note or text, you did it. Bravo! I truly want to congratulate you on whatever action you took to thank your donors and to share the impact of their giving. While every nonprofit organization presumably aspires to meaningfully thank supporters, not every organization does. They just don't. And frankly, it is heartbreaking. I'm currently in a pledge with one organization to whom I've contributed more than $20,000 in lifetime giving. I'm a monthly donor to nearly a dozen other organizations and have been uh, for five, six, maybe seven years now consecutively. And I also give several more modest gifts to other organizations every year. I don't consider myself a major donor, but I do consider myself a loyal donor to many. And I have to say, so far this holiday season, I have not received any thank you calls No handwritten notes, no holiday cards yet. Now, I did receive one really great personalized thank you video message from an executive director earlier in the fall. She sent the gratitude video within an hour of me giving an online gift to her great arts organization. Aside from that, it's generally been a little disappointing. Not that I give for the recognition, because I don't. But as a fundraising professional, I know the importance of gratitude. Even so, I, you know, I get it. Fundraising can be a pressure cooker, whether it's because of time constraints or lack of resources, a mindset issue, or simply lacking an organizational culture of philanthropy. For a great majority of nonprofit organizations, expressing effective gratitude just does not happen. And Sadly, our donor retention rates reflect that. So let's talk about gratitude and why it's so important to your fundraising success and sustainability. In fact, I'm bold enough to say it may be the most important tool in your fundraising success and sustainability toolkit. Now, I know there are some gratitude naysayers out there. 
I also read the January 2020 article in the Chronicle of Philanthropy. It was authored by the senior editor. His name is Dan Parks. The article's headline read, Thank You Calls Show No Impact on Giving. Now, I was also keynoting the Nonprofit Storytelling Conference in San Diego this fall, and I heard another speaker reference this article. So it's still a conversation nearly two years after this article was published. Now, if you read the article yourself, you'll recall if you, if you read it, or if you Google it now and read it, you'll see and you'll, or you'll recall that the author reveals the findings of a study conducted by Anya Samick a behavioral economic um, guru at the University of Southern California, and of course, our beloved Chuck Longfield, the former chief scientist at Blackbaud. He's since retired from Blackbaud, but um, just a brilliant fundraising brain <laughs> in our sector. So the study involved 70 public television stations and one large national nonprofit who provided information on a half million donors who made their first contribution to these organizations sometime between 2011 and 2016. So a half a million first-time donors. The researchers randomly assigned some of the donors to get thank you calls and information discussing the impact of their gift. We're going to call that group A. The remainder of the donors, group B, did not get any thank you calls, did not get any impact report or impact communication. The results, donor responses were monitored between one and five years after the thank you calls were made, and the research found that group A thank you calls made no impact on future giving, regardless of the amount of the initial gift. The gift renewal rates were the same between those who received a call to say thank you and group B, those who did not receive a thank you call. So essentially on the surface, it made no difference, which is totally disheartening news. I mean, it's unfathomable, right? How could our gratitude calls not make a difference? So this is a great example of how you cannot rely on headlines or simply skimming articles or drawing conclusions from headlines and then make decisions on surface information. In this case, the surface information was the quantitative data on A-B testing on the correlation between thank you calls and donor retention. Now, if you dig deeper into the research findings, if you actually read the article, you'll find clues about the qualitative determinants that throw a fair amount of shade on the research conclusions. Now, I'm not a researcher but I have been a fundraiser for more than 20 years. I have trained and led teams to raise more than half a billion dollars, including a single gift of $27.1 million. So what I lack in scientific acumen, I like to think I make up in street cred. And even Anya Samik, one of the researchers in the study said, quote, I report what I see. We have to discuss the data, end quote. And that's the truth. The data, the preliminary findings, the surface findings are rarely the entire story. And we have to discuss these. We have to analyze them. So I want to dig in. What are some of the qualitative determinants of an effective gratitude call? And what are the attributes of a quality thank you call, right? So 
qualitative thank you calls, qualitative notes, reporting impact. What what are the determinants? How do we really do that effectively? So I'm going to break this down. The number one qualitative determinant is that the callers must have an authentic passion and connection to the organization. Whether those callers are staff or volunteers, or usually some combination of both, the person smiling and dialing has to care about the cause and know the impact donors really make when they contribute. They should have a story or two that they can tell. And ideally, they have witnessed or experienced the mission at work firsthand. They should be able to answer basic questions about the organization, the current needs, and the challenges of those that your mission serves. And now, how you've been navigating the pandemic, what's ahead for your organization. The author of the Chronicle article makes this statement, quote, Given that it costs about a dollar per call to outsource the thank you calling task, financially stretched nonprofits need to know whether the call helps, end quote. What? Outsource the thank you call? No wonder the calls didn't make a difference. If your gratitude is a task to be outsourced to a third-party phone bank, if your in-house or volunteer callers approach thanking donors as a checkbox to do assignment, if any of the above clearly are reading from a script rather than speaking from the heart, informed by a few bullet points to guide them along the way, don't even bother. You'll undoubtedly get the same results the study reported or worse. Would you consider outsourcing thank you calls or notes to people in your own personal life? I mean, fundraising is about relationship building. So how about we outsource the calls thanking people for the gifts you received at your wedding? What about we outsource the calls for those birthday gifts? How about your Christmas or Hanukkah gifts? Want to outsource those thank you calls and those thank you notes? Here's how that might go. Dear Grandma, Tammy really enjoyed the new cappuccino machine you gave her for her birthday. Thanks for being so incredibly thoughtful. I'm sure she is frothing up a storm right now. (laughs) Gratefully, all of us in the Zonker family. I know I sound ridiculous, but so is outsourcing thank you calls and magically expecting to build authentic relationships with your donors relationships that retain your donors and upgrade gift values over time, relationships that connect and compel donors to continue giving long after you're gone, long after you as a fundraising professional have moved on to your next gig or you've retired, those donors stay there giving to that cause because they feel so connected and so passionate. You can tell I get a little fired up on this issue and I really hope you do too. The second qualitative determinant of an effective gratitude call is the relationship or perceived status of the caller. Best case, the caller is someone the donor already knows and has a great relationship with. And if that's not possible, you can assign calls to willing callers. The larger the gift amount, or the longer the lifetime, uh, the number of, of years they've been giving or the lifetime giving total, like you define the criteria, but the more significant or devoted that donor and their giving is, the higher up in the organization the caller should be. 
So if they don't have a relationship to someone, have a board member call, have your executive director or CEO call or your chief philanthropy officer. You're aiming for the donor to feel special, to be seen and deeply appreciated. And if they don't have that close relationship with someone already in the organization, obviously uh, it's very special to get a call from a board member or your ED or your CPO. We're back with growth member Jenna Zapluski from the Coalition for Children, Youth, and Families in Milwaukee talking about how having 24-7 access to Tammy Zonker's on-demand training library is helping her become a better fundraiser. Since joining the Fundraising Transformers group, I have had the opportunity to go back and re-watch a host of trainings on such a wide variety of topics from how to work with my team members inside my organization to how to get my board excited and passionate about fundraising and topics like how to reach out to a donor and how to get a meeting with a donor. Here's Stevie Shoemate from Chapters Health Foundation in Tampa, sharing that as a growth member in Tammy's Fundraising Transformers community, you're never alone. How members of the community support one another by sharing resources and lessons learned to help solve tough fundraising problems. You oftentimes learn from other people across the entire country, which is really nice because it helps you understand that you're not alone in your uh, fundraising challenges. It, um, I was just sharing with someone the other day that it really helped me feel like I wasn't the only one experiencing these challenges, knowing that someone from New York or New Hampshire or Texas, um, people all over the U.S. with varying communities and different fundraising strategies, we're all in this together. At the end of the show, we'll hear why members enjoy learning from Tammy and what you can expect when you join as a growth member in her Fundraising Transformers community. To learn more about the Fundraising Transformers community, visit fundraisingtransformed.com forward slash growth. The third determinant of an effective gratitude call is thanking the donor for something specific. In recent years, behavioral scientists and researchers have been making connections between the internal experience of gratitude and the external practice of altruism. They've identified a correlation between being meaningfully thanked and how that increases affinity for the selfless concern about the well-being of others. So the more that they are thanked meaningfully, the more they care about those that you're serving. The more they care about others and less about their own concerns. So we're connecting identity to an action, altruism or giving. To go a step further, the research also indicates that being thanked for a specific action or result has a deeper and longer lasting impact than a general thanks for all you do kind of gratitude statement. And it makes sense. If we really want to be seen for our unique identity, our passion, our specific acts of kindness, then, then we want to be thanked for something specific. We're back to the nine moral adjectives that Dr. Jen Sheng introduced us to, aren't we? Our identity as kind, caring, compassionate, helpful, friendly, fair, hardworking, generous, and honest. So an effective gratitude call or even voicemail would mention something specific about the donor and the difference that they make 
I remember calling a board member at the Children's Center in Detroit, where I previously served as chief philanthropy officer for nine years. His name was Les. Les was a retired university professor, a widower with grown children who lived out of state. And despite chronic health issues, Les always showed up. He showed up for board meetings. He showed up for fundraising events, wherever he was needed. He would even give a significantly more elderly board member a round-trip transportation. He'd pick up another board member who could not drive any longer, and he'd bring him to board meetings or key events, and he'd take him back home. And of course, every single year, he took pride in giving a financial gift that was personally significant to him. He always made a point of handing it to me, looking me in the eye and and saying he wished it could be more. Now, mind you, he was very generous, and yet he still wished it could be more. My call to him went something like this. Les, I'm calling to thank you. He'd chuckle and he'd say, thank me for what? I'd say, how much time do you have? I'm thanking you for the care and compassion you show for our children and families. You really do have a heart for them. You support them with your generous contributions throughout the year, but you also support them and us with your presence, with your leadership. You attend every single event. It's always a delight for me to be working at an event, talking with donors, and to look up and see you passing through registration with your navy pinstripe suit and a big smile. You almost never miss a board meeting. You always take my calls, and we can always count on you to ask the tough questions, the questions that make us as an organization stronger, more accountable, just better, more mission-focused. And that really makes you special in my book, Les. He would humbly deflect my acknowledgement, but I know it was meaningful to him. It would have been way easier and faster to say, Les... Thanks for all you do, wouldn't it? Yes, of course it would, but it wouldn't have created the same feeling. And to tell you the truth, it did me as much good to reflect on all the ways Les gives as it did for him to be thanked for all the ways he gave. Les passed more than a year ago, and I'm grateful that we did not miss a single opportunity to tell him how special he was to us and to acknowledge his incredible humanity. There's no shortcut for that. Now let's talk about how to thank donors during a pandemic. What are the most effective ways to thank donors during times of crisis? Coronavirus, Delta variant, Omicron variant, and the predicted long line of variants to come. As the U.S. Center for Disease Control tells us, this pandemic is not over. As if leading a nonprofit organization and raising money wasn't challenging enough, it looks like there will be no easy button on the horizon for this pandemic and the challenges that it presents for us. And that's okay. We didn't sign up for Easy Street. We signed up to change and save lives. Here are the best guidelines for fundraising success and retaining donors during these unpredictable times. You guessed it. Number one, thank donors promptly, sincerely, and accurately. Promptly means typically thanking them or sending out that gratitude letter, that gift acknowledgement letter within 48 hours. Accurately means getting the name right or the names, the salutation, the address, the gift amount, restriction, uh, restriction designations if the gift was restricted. 
warm, friendly, donor-centric language, using some of those nine moral adjectives I keep talking about. Not a transactional IRS gift receipt, although it does serve that purpose as well. Number two, reporting back on the impact of the donor's gift. What progress is being made? You likely made an ask for an urgent need in your year-end appeal. So you need to report back within a week or two. Like, report back urgently. (laughs) Share a success story or a milestone success micro story. Now, if you know gift acknowledgement letter processing is delayed beyond that typical 48 hours, this could be due to the, the hybrid or remote remote work schedules, just explain that honestly and sincerely in the letter. Maybe get your donor's permission to email them the gift acknowledgement letter, knowing that the postal service may be delayed during the holidays. So this would expedite getting that letter into the donor's hand more quickly. Maybe if you know the letter, the gift acknowledgement letter will be delayed, you could insert a well-timed thank you phone call between the time that the gift is made online or entered into the database, which like AKA, this would be your daily gift report. So insert a thank you call as soon as you know that gift is made, knowing the gift letter might be delayed for some reason. Number three, over-communicate and don't be afraid to be vulnerable. You know, when people don't hear from you, they often think the worst because we humans are wired for a negative bias. Even if you don't have all the answers, let your supporters know where your organization stands. Let them know how you've adapted to continue providing much needed programs and services. Let them know if you're unable to offer some services or programs or performances right now, whatever the case is for you. And let them know your plans for recovery and restoration of service provision with their continued support. I was on a conference panel with my friend Clay Buck out of Las Vegas recently, and he referenced this great quote uh, from fundraising copywriter and donor communications expert Lisa Sargent. Uh, She says, when you don't have all the answers, quote, say the bravest and truest thing you can end quote. So when you don't have all the answers, when you don't know when you're going to be able to do live performances again, or you don't know exactly when you'll be able to bring back that specific program, just say the bravest and truest thing that you can and keep over communicating. Number four, keep donors at the center of your attention. Our donors are experiencing this pandemic too. So we have to be sensitive to what might be going on in their lives. And yet many of them keep giving to you, which is remarkable. We have to be understanding if their gift values decrease or for some reason, if they're giving even lapses. Keeping in touch with them anyway sends a clear message. You are more than a contribution to us. We value you as a person or a couple or a family. And believe me, when they bounce back financially, they will remember which nonprofits stayed in touch and showed that they cared about them beyond their giving. As Jen Shang says, love your donors as people, not just as a source of contributions. I want to close today's podcast with a story that really inspired me. I was doing my weekly grocery shopping and my cart was full. Like we do a lot of cooking in the Zonker household and we rarely eat out. 
So I'm placing all my items on the conveyor belt to check out the fruits and vegetables, the eggs, the dry pasta, the Paw Patrol yogurt. (laughs) And I noticed that there is an older gentleman bagging my groceries. I hadn't seen him there before. I wondered if this was a second or third career for him, maybe something to keep him occupied a few hours a week in his retirement or to put a little extra cash in his pocket. He's taking exceptionally great care to bag like items together to ensure fragile items are, are protected, that the eggs don't get broken, the bread doesn't get crushed. I thanked him for the obvious care he was taking. And I shared how I really appreciate him. And what he said nearly made me cry. He said, it's my pleasure. It is an honor to bag up the food that you'll prepare for your family. I can just picture you around the table eating and celebrating the holidays with them. Wow. I mean, it moves me right now just thinking about him. What if we all took on that mindset? What if taking a task like bagging groceries, or a task like thanking donors felt like an honor. It's an honor to thank you for generously giving your hard-earned money to make a difference for someone you may never even meet. There are a lot of things you could do with your money, and you chose to change a life. Thank you. And with that, I thank you. Thank you for listening to the Intentional Fundraiser podcast. And if you found value, please subscribe, share, leave us a review, and just know I am grateful for you. We're back for a final word about Tammy Zonker's training style and what you can expect when you join as a growth member in her Fundraising Transformers community. Here's growth member Jenna Sapluski from the Coalition for Children, Youth, and Families in Milwaukee. Tammy is so encouraging. She's very empowering. She really wants you to succeed in your role. And that really comes through with everything that she does from the monthly coaching calls to the monthly webinars. The guidance I've received from Tammy and other members of the Fundraising Transformers group has always been so constructive, so beneficial. And you can tell everyone in the group wants everybody else to succeed because we all know what a challenging job it can be to fundraise for our our wonderful causes and our organizations. You may be asking yourself, can a growth membership really help me improve my fundraising results? Is it worth my time? Laurel Grow from Phoenix Family in Kansas City shared that her organization increased charitable dollars raised by 132% since joining as a growth member. Becky Shambliss from Awake in Anchorage, Alaska shared that her organization increased donor retention from 13% to 69% in about a year using what they learned from Tammy's training. And growth member Amanda Johnson from Multiplying Good in Indianapolis shared that her organization exceeded their annual fundraising goal by 104% and grew overall giving by 13% in one year by applying lessons learned from Tammy as a member of her Fundraising Transformers community. Here's member Stevie Shumate again sharing how she and you can grow your fundraising skills as a growth member of Tammy's Fundraising Transformers community. This is the first fundraising role that I have ever been in before. Um, so at 30 years old, I'm, I'm kind of wondering, well, how do I rocket launch my fundraising expertise? You learn from Tammy Zonker. That's what you do. 
Become a member of the Fundraising Transformers community. To join our live monthly training and Ask Me Anything sessions and get access to our growing library of on-demand training videos and tools and share lessons learned with other fundraising pros like you in our private and safe online community, visit fundraisingtransform.com growth, click join, and get started today. That's it for this episode of the Intentional Fundraiser Podcast. If you like this podcast, subscribe and download each episode on your favorite podcast platform. Share it on social media with the hashtag, The Intentional Fundraiser, and tag me, Tammy Zonker, and you'll be entered into a drawing for some great swag, books, and courses. And if you like today's show, you might also be interested in becoming a member of my Fundraising Transformer community where I go live twice a month with my members with fundraising training and group coaching to help transform those fundraising issues that keep you awake at night where I pull back the curtain on how you can take your fundraising results to the next level by teaching ways you can improve your development operations create a results driven donor centric development plan strengthen donor relationships improve your donor retention rates and build a raging monthly giving program and a successful major gifts program and how you can approach each day to ensure you'll perform at your highest level so you can be the best fundraiser and the best person you can possibly be. Thank you for showing up and for having the courage and determination to transform your fundraising so you can transform the world. Bye for now.